Welcome to Elevated Voices Podcast, where we value using our voice collectively to explore life challenges, including mental health, addiction, trauma, and ways to heal. With our voice, we empower, encourage, and transform lives. I'm your host, Daishika Bibbs, a certified trauma-focused therapist, licensed clinical social worker, and licensed certified addiction specialist. As you listen, ask questions, and enjoy the show, remember, this podcast is not a substitute for a therapeutic relationship with a licensed mental health professional. As we embark on this journey together, let's elevate our voice to echo the sound for the voiceless. Today's guest holds a doctoral degree from the University of Houston. She is currently practicing in the state of Illinois as a clinical psychologist with over 10 years of experience in the mental health field, specializing in working with clients who struggle with managing anxiety, depression, trauma, burnout, body image issues, race, and gender-related stress, as well as grief. She is also the proud owner of her own private practice, True Space Counseling and Psychological Services, which offers comprehensive psychological care while encouraging women to utilize their interpersonal strength and embark on a journey of self-discovery. Elevated Voices Podcast would like to give a warm welcome to Dr. Amanda Long for joining the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to to speak with you today about such an important, difficult topic. Yeah, the pleasure is all mine, Dr. Long. I just want to thank you so much for all of the work that you do in the grief field because it's much needed. On top of that, all of us have experienced some form of grief, whether yeah. right, whether you know anticipated, whether not anticipated, and we don't talk about it much. It's almost like a taboo, but we need to talk about it more. Absolutely. That is the way in which you work towards healing and, and really adapting to the loss of whatever it is, you know, that you are that you have lost by being vulnerable enough to, you know, acknowledge that there is pain and there's hurt and a slew of other emotions that are present and also being willing not only to to acknowledge that, but seek out support in, in whatever ways you feel are appropriate. Exactly. When grief occurs in our lives, most of us don't know how to process grief or what that may look like for us because we don't talk about it. We don't have someone there to educate us. And there's levels to grief. And when you are looking at those three different levels, you're like, what is that? And, and all of those three levels are the normal process of grief. Absolutely. It's, it's absolutely a process. And I, I want to start by saying grief looks very different for everyone. It is a very unique experience. Um, and so what I mean by that is, you know, you can be siblings and experience the loss of a parent, right, or a caregiver, and still not go through the grief, the grief journey the same way. It may look drastically different, even though you all may be experiencing the same loss. And so when we talk about this idea of like of like grief and like navigating it and what it should look like and what it shouldn't look like, 
that's a really difficult kind of question to to answer or even formulate a a theory around that because it just looks so so different for everyone. I often have clients that will come in and say, well, you know, this person is already doing that. And this, you know, we have the same parent and like, why am I not there? Why am I still struggling? And that's because grief is a unique process. And so just because someone else who's experiencing a similar loss, they're in a different stage of grief. Um, that does not mean that they're in the, right, uh, the correct stage or the wrong stage. It just means that they were in two different places along their journey. Right. And I'm happy that you brought up the stages of grief because there are five stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. I know when I lost my brother, my grief and what it looked like was different. It was different for my sister and my two other brothers. And me being a clinician, one of the things that everybody said to me was, why does it look like you have accepted the grief already and you are moving forward in your life while my brothers had a really hard time? And so I said, no, it is not the fact that I am accepting it and moving forward with my life. It's I am at a different stage of grief than them. And for me, I was in that bargaining stage, like, you know, why him? Why not me? And for my brothers, they were still in that anger stage and it looked totally different. Yeah. So one of the things that I love about being able to educate and have this podcast is to let other people know that they're not alone. And some of the things that they experience are absolutely normal. Because I think that we get to a point in our lives when we are experiencing things, we hold it in and we don't want to burden other people with what we're experiencing. We don't want other people to judge us when we are experiencing something as significant as, as a loss. It, it hurts and we feel like we are alone. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That is something that comes up often in the therapeutic space feeling as though I'm burdening people by talking about how I feel, feeling as though, you know, I'm always sad and no one wants to be around a sad person. And so therefore I'm going to isolate. I'm going to just say to myself. And while sometimes that can be helpful to say to yourself and to, you know, be present and kind of lean in those emotions alone, it can also be helpful to be around people that are supportive and loving and want to be there for you. But just kind of like what you said, there is this, you know, embarrassment that comes along with not for some people with not having it all together. And that is kind of another, I think, uh, barrier that people come across when they're trying to really grieve the loss of, you know, their loved one. This idea of I shouldn't be like this. This shouldn't be happening. It shouldn't look this way. And, you know, when you have those those thoughts, you know, it's so difficult to show yourself compassion in those moments. And that is essential during kind of the grief journey and, and in each process, each stage rather of grief. There has to be a level of self-compassion that um, you exercise in order to make it through such a difficult time moment in your life. You know, you have to show yourself love. You have to show yourself kindness. 
You have to be present in your experience, even though it can be very difficult. Um, And not only that, you have to make space for the joy. And so, um, you know, what what that means is kind of this idea of, yes, being sad and acknowledging that you are sad and that you're hurting and that you are in pain, but also being willing to make space for happiness. You know, what does it look like for you to that morning? you know, be crying your eyes out because of, you know, the um, the amount of pain that you're experiencing. But by that evening, being willing to go to dinner with someone because, you know, that's your absolute favorite person in the world and you love being around that person. And so, you know, something that we, we talk a lot about or I talk a lot about with my clients is just this idea of making space for the happiness amongst the sadness, amongst the pain. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. And that helps you along your journey, having those moments of, of happiness and, you know, those moments of joy that you can look forward to, to pretty much offset or provide some balance to your life, because it can't always be all pain for too long. Definitely. Definitely. One of the things that I love about your practice, Dr. Long, is you actually have created that space for women, particularly African-American women with your grits group? Yeah, um, this was actually a group created by uh, myself and my intern, Lakeisha Robinson, who's interning with True Space for the Year, who was absolutely fabulous. But grief was a topic that was very near and dear to her heart. And so during one of our supervisions, she had mentioned that she wanted to begin a grief group for Black women. And I thought it was an excellent idea because um, we are approaching the holidays. We have Thanksgiving coming up and Christmas and New Year, Valentine's Day, like, you know, all of kind of the major quote unquote holidays are approaching. And this is usually a super difficult time for folks that have experienced loss to kind of get through these moments that are all or these holidays that are all about family without part of, you know, their family. And so we we created GRITS, which is an acronym that stands for Grief Really Is Tough Sometimes. And the reason why we specifically created this group to target the demographic of Black women is because we felt as though there was a, a unique grieving process that Black women experience because of um, these societal standards or, or norms that have kind of been placed on us to like be strong, just to get through it you know, um, kind of make it through without any resources or maybe even without even acknowledging your feelings, like just being able to push through. Um, And so we wanted to just provide a space for women to not feel like they had to push through, to show up and be their authentic selves and to, you know, be vulnerable enough in a space where they can acknowledge the pain and the hurt that they feel sometimes while also kind of creating um, a bond among the group members so that they can uh, support and help one another. They can provide support and then also allow others to support them, which I think is can, can be very tough for some folks. No, you're right. The accepting help can be tough for some people. Mm-hmm. And I will say, especially African-American people at times, Because we, as two African-American women, truly understand the complexity of being able to challenge ourselves and being able to handle so many different things because we are afraid or nervous about what society will say if we don't act a certain way or what society will say if we do act a certain way. 
And one of the things that our society tells us is that we don't have a voice. We are not allowed to be vulnerable and we are not allowed to to grieve. We are not allowed to express emotions. And that can be very challenging, like you said, especially around the holidays, because if we're not mourning in the way that we deserve to do so, then how can we fully process the loss? How can we fully start our healing journey when we are told, oh, no, you can't express emotion. Oh, no, you can't do that. Yeah. Or even the idea of like, you can, but not right. too long because you have to, you have responsibilities and you have to, you know, take care of others. Kind of like this disregard for like prioritization of self. By saying that, you know, that's kind of another element of the importance of having these kind of spaces, you know, where women can come together, Black women can come together and recognize or t- and see and or witness that there are other women that are struggling in similar ways. Right. And that they aren't alone because when you're not being vocal about what you are experiencing, you're not sharing it with anyone, it can feel so isolating. And you can feel like you're the only one that is experiencing the amount of pain that you are experiencing. And there's comfort, some comfort in knowing that you aren't alone and that there are other people that are having similar experiences. Definitely. Like you said, being able to know that, but also being able to to see it, mm-hmm. it does something to the heart. Yeah. And to feel it like, yeah, I think, you know, group work is so powerful because and this is something Lakeisha and I, we've been talking about and I've been explaining to her is like we show up and we provide, you know, the information, the psychoeducation. We provide the skills. We help them to understand different things that they can do. But the real healing comes from being a part of the group and being, you know, again, amongst other women that share similar experiences as you. And then kind of having the uh, the opportunity to connect with them in such a deep, vulnerable way. Right. Exactly. One of the tools that stood out to me in group therapy was this acronym, TEAR. And the acronym stood for to accept the reality of the loss, experience and process the pain of the grief, adjusting to the new environment without your loved one, and reinvesting and finding ways to remember the deceased while moving forward with your life. So I'm going to take a step back because the holidays are approaching. Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And a lot of people, like you said, will experience this mourning process. They are in or they will be grieving because the losses that they have experienced, not only with their loved ones, this pandemic has created a lot of losses, significant losses for a lot of people, finances, housing, and again, loved ones, of course. So what are some positive things that our listeners can do if they have experienced a loss at that great magnitude. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, some of the some of the things that they can do are as simple as, you know, being present in their experience and their feelings and kind of leaning into their feelings because there is power in vulnerability. So kind of that acknowledgement that they are hurting you know, that they are having a difficult time, that the, that the holidays that are approaching will be difficult for them. 
Because once you can kind of acknowledge that um, and recognize that, you know, you may experience some pain um, because of the loss that you, you've had and because of, you know, the holidays that are coming up, it can make it easier to identify what may be helpful for you. Sometimes folks don't know what, what they need and that's okay. You know, especially I think for um, people that this is kind of like their first maybe major loss or, or one of the biggest losses that they've experienced, it may be difficult to say like, I need X, Y, and Z from you. Um, and so something that I, I've encouraged folks to do is just to ask people to show up for them in any way that they think would be helpful. By saying that, you kind of allow people to um, show up for you, maybe in a way that they've never shown up for you before, but you also are reminding them that I'm human and this will be hard for me because sometimes what happens is after the loss, folks will forget you know, that you're still going through your grieving process after the calls have subsided, after the funeral arrangements have been made and the person has been laid to rest, people tend to go on with their lives. And that kind of, you know, may leave you uh, feeling isolated and feeling alone. And so if you do have folks that you can count on, you know, that you know will show up for you, being vocal about you know, either asking them for what you need or allowing them to show up for you in different ways. Not only that, I've encouraged a client to make space to honor the loss of their loved one or the loved one that they've lost, rather. So how how do you honor them, you know, at Thanksgiving? Do you make their favorite dish still? Do you set a place at the table where they would typically sit? Sometimes folks will pray over their food. Do you say a prayer? in remembrance of, um, or say words in remembrance of the person that you have lost? Um, You know, do you create an altar that is, you know, there as remembrance for the person that that you have lost? Sometimes clients find comfort in kind of continuing and continuing the traditions that they um, had while the person was still, still alive. And so what would that look like to still put up a Christmas tree? Or, you know, to still wrap up gifts and to still have an ugly sweater Christmas party or whatever you would normally do. Um, And some folks find that that's triggering and that's difficult. And so what does it look like to create new traditions? What does it look like to do things a little bit differently um, during the holiday? Maybe, you know, do some things that you normally wouldn't do that maybe now you have the, the ability to do or the freedom to do. Um, And so kind of figuring out what works best for you. And the only way that you can honestly do that is through trial and error. There should be some level of effort that goes into kind of creating a safe, supportive space for yourself during the holiday. And again, the way that you can do that is by just acknowledging how you are feeling and then sitting in some of that discomfort to really recognize what you need. And if you don't know what you need, soliciting the help of others. Right. And I think that's that's really critical for listeners to hear and understand that component of it, because a lot of listeners and even clients that I have had says, well, if I move forward with celebrating the holiday, whether it's Thanksgiving, whether it's Christmas or even bringing in a new year, that means that I am forgetting about them. Yeah. And I don't want to I don't want to forget about them. You know, I'm moving on without them. Yeah. The important key component to everything that you just said is being able to create a new space and being able to make adjustments that are appropriate for you 
and your family. So, for example, like you said, being able to honor that person. Yeah. Because moving forward doesn't mean forgetting. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm going to cook that dish in honor of them. Or I'm going to create a whole new tradition because, yes, it it can be Mm -hmm. difficult to do things that you once did when that when your loved one is not there. So we we get that part. Right. Right. But being able to reinvest and find new ways, creative ways Mm -hmm. to honor and celebrate that person, Mm -hmm. it can be done. And I think a lot of people don't think about this is something that, you know, hey, I can do because of the grief and because of the emotions they are intense. So it's like, well, oh, you know, I haven't even thought about that. Sure. Um, I think what you're describing is this idea of like reentry or like adaptation. You're, you are learning how to adapt to life without your loved one. There is this lost adaptation model that we work through in our group. Um, And it kind of starts with like, you know, some of the more common uh, or well-known stages of grief. So like the loneliness, like the isolation, the despair, feelings of guilt, sleep issues like fatigue, this this idea of disorganization, this idea of loneliness. And then as we kind of uh, work our way through some of those experiences on the other side is kind of this idea of reentry. And so kind of figuring out what does life look like for me now? And how do I re-engage in life in a way that is meaningful and makes sense given the loss that I've had? And so some of the things that we encourage the women to experience are new relationships, you know, and so kind of figuring out, like, how do I make space for new people to enter into my life? The group is a way for that to happen, you know, like joining a new group of of strangers and being in a, a group with them for 10 weeks. You will absolutely kind of develop new relationships. Not only that, what are my new strengths? You know, so many folks that have lost someone are are like responsible for certain things in their life. And so I see this a lot with the women and men that I work with that may have experienced the loss of their significant other. You know, well, she was responsible for this and this and this and this, or he, you know, he, he did this, 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 and this. I don't know anything about cutting the trimming the bushes or the garbage. I don't even know what day the garbage comes. And so, you know, you learn new strengths despite kind of experiencing such a grave loss. Um, and, and the way in which you learn new strengths is through your ability to acknowledge, you know, that the person is no longer here and have a desire to kind of adapt in a way that's more, most meaningful to you. Through that adaption, you're learning new strengths. You're figuring out kind of what your abilities are, you know, what you may be great at versus what you may need to, you know, allocate out to someone else to kind of come and help you do. It also allows you to kind of create or foster energy because with grief, there's this, you know, level of fatigue that comes with being sad. Being sad is hard work on your body. You become tired, you become fatigued, you know, it it may be difficult for you to get out of bed or to do the things that you would normally do because you don't have much energy. Being able to work towards identifying new strengths can be helpful in allowing you to, you know, develop that energy or create that energy, foster that energy again, so that you can kind of keep going. You will identify new patterns. Something that comes up often is like, this is what we did every night before we went to bed. This is the hardest moment of my day because I don't have that consistency anymore. 
I don't have that, you know, pattern because of this person is no longer here. And so that's what we were talking about earlier, kind of like developing new patterns, new rituals, figuring out kind of, you know, what you loved about the things that you would do with your loved one and, and maybe identifying ways to replicate that in some way or to create something different. And then not only that, kind of instilling hope, you know, once you've gone through these stages, there's a sense of hope fullness that you uh, will acquire because, well, look, I figured it out. I figured out how to do the thing that I didn't think I could do. I figured out how to establish or create new relationships with people. I've created new patterns in my life. There is some light at the end of this very dark tunnel. You know, it, it can be done, but it takes time and it doesn't look the same again for everyone. Speaking of hope, I feel, well, I know that that is something that in the grief process we lack because we have to make those adjustments, either internal adjustments, external adjustments, and even sometimes spiritual adjustments. And just like you said, me Mm -hmm. losing a spouse, you know, that means that I have to take on a new role. That means that I have to develop a new skill set. So he or she was all I knew for so many years. How am I seeing myself internally? Who am I now? And if I am a believer, mm-hmm. what is my worldview? Why did God let this happen, right? Or the opposite is now that I don't have my loved one, what are my beliefs now? What are my values now? What are my assumptions or expectations now? And being able to adjust and reaffirm that, hey, I can do this. There is hope. This is just a process. Grief is a part of life. It is natural, right? And I can, and I am going to get through this. And so, Dr. Long, if someone is listening to us now and they are experiencing grief and they want to know more about you, learn more about grits, how can they reach you? Sure, sure. Um, well, you can reach me on my website, www.atruespace.com. Uh, I am available uh, via my website through the consultation tab. You can also sign up for the grief group. We are closed for now, but um, I imagine that we will um, conduct a similar group in the future. And so you can sign up to be placed on that wait list if it's something that you're interested in. And if you live in the Illinois area, um, because that is where I am licensed. Uh, not only that, I'm also on Facebook as um, Dr. Amanda Long and on Instagram at Dr. Long Listen. So those are the three ways that you can contact me. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Long, for taking time out of your busy schedule to be a guest on the podcast and to share the gems of grief and how we can truly cope during the holidays and even if it's not a holiday. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I I appreciate you making space for this talk and highlighting just such an important topic. Definitely. The pleasure was all mine. Thank you for tuning in to Elevated Voices Podcast, where we enjoy using our voice to share information which promotes growth and change. Never feel like you are alone. Join our Elevated Voices Podcast community at 
Elevated Voices underscore on both Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned to bi-weekly episodes wherever you get your podcast. If there is a topic that you would like me to cover, or if you have questions, you can send me an email via my Elevated Voices podcast Facebook page. And remember, don't forget to let your voice be heard.